It is so fascinating to me to see people try to communicate information in certain ways and just realizing that they've got the wrong understanding of how to communicate information. So what is good information communication? How do we communicate ideas well? So welcome to Neuroresiliency. My name is Justin. I would love it, absolutely love it, if you gave the show a rating, a like, if you subscribed. And please understand that there is also a Substack if you want to be notified of future episodes that are coming out. So you can check out all of this in the links below. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It means the world to me. Now, let's move on. In this episode, discussing this idea of how to communicate information, (laughs) the funny story that's connected with this is that a lot of people in my life are obsessed with storytelling. And the the entire thing that's out there about how human brains are optimized for understanding and telling stories and stories are the only thing that human brain, uh, like I get it. It's, it's very important that stories are part of it. Absolutely. But there, there exists other ways to communicate information almost more efficiently than just storytelling. Storytelling is one way. So what are these other ways of communicating information? So, By the way, just as a disclaimer, I'm not saying that storytelling is bad, and definitely for the way that a lot of people understand it, storytelling is a great way to get people engaged in a story, not necessarily communicating information. Communicating information is an efficiency thing. You can communicate information in a very short time. So I've been a teacher for over 20 years now, and one of the main things that I've noticed is that whatever people think is tough to communicate, it's actually pretty easy, very simple. So when I started teaching English, teaching grammar was seen as this difficult thing and students usually disconnect. And I created a mantra for myself, which is, if I can't explain this in a minute, then I don't understand it well. And I'm sure you've heard that before as well. Explain it as if you're talking to a six-year-old, a four-year-old even. I've heard both. And both of these are great examples of this. And seeing how people understand communicate. Uh, understand and communicate information is a great way to see who they talk to on a regular basis and what their job entails. There are so many people in my life who communicate poorly because they assume that people are playing on the same level that they are. So let's move through this. So telling stories is great for YouTube engagement. Telling stories is great for lots of other things. But it's one of four ways to communicate information. So what are the other three? Well, I'm not going to hold you up on any pretense of, you know, more engagement for my podcast. So they are metaphor, using a metaphor to communicate an idea. Number two, using examples that you can find in life. Absolutely true. And then number three is going to be personal experiences, your personal connection to whatever information it is. And then finally, stories, stories as well. So the reason why metaphor is best is because most of the time when you're communicating information, it's this black hole of unknown for most people. And so connecting it to something that a person knows, the best way to re- to communicate the relationship between the information is metaphor. It's one of the number one ways that I would communicate anything to anyone. A good example of this is to understand uh, human movement, for example, and contrast it 
with how the brain actually functions as well. And so if someone's thinking is clunky, we can describe it like they are you know, walking kind of like uh, Kirsten Stewart from Twilight. <laughs> you know, if you've ever seen her walk, she's not very coordinated. It's very awkward walking, you know, and so a person's thinking can be in the same way as well. And just by giving you that metaphor, you've got an image of this person, which is how the brain thinks, very much a visual organ. And then after that, you've also got movement in there. And that's why metaphor works really well because it communicates something without communicating everything about that. The second thing is going to be examples. So if I can give you examples of this, well, I'm looking for a couple of examples right now to tell you. So if I'm communicating information, for example, how blood works, well, then I would use metaphors as well. But I'm giving you an example of how blood working, uh, how it moves through the body, how it's pumped by the heart or goes through the lungs and things like that and the different parts of the blood. You know, the metaphor that I would use right there is to say that, uh, let's say, white blood cells are like the policemen. Blood uh, veins and arteries are like the highways that go throughout the body. And then the uh, delivery drivers are the red blood cells because they'll carry oxygen, um, you know, to all the cells and, and remove CO2. So they're almost kind of like uh, Uber Eats drivers, let's say. And then the blood platelets are like the repairmen on this highway. So right there is an example that I just gave you of a metaphor. So giving you metaphors, giving you examples of other things as well. And then finally, like personal experiences too. And connecting and saying like, one time I did this thing, I, I had this experience. That's always very interesting. And personal experience can actually change the way that we connect with something. In, in a great way. So if you've had a personal experience where you were attacked by a dog, oh my gosh, you know, you, you're going to have some emotions around that as well. And emotions is one of the core foundations of memory. How do we create memory? We have personal connections to it. And so personalization is one of the best ways to do it. Stories can elicit some of those emotions, but it has to be done well. I mean, all you need to do is look at storytelling today. If you look at some of the movies that we watch today, there are scenes where there's a character crying, you know, and it elicits zero emotion from us. And there are other scenes where um, I think, I can't remember who said this, which actor it was a famous actor. I think it was Anthony Hopkins said this, where he said, the best way to elicit the audience, uh, the audience crying, the audience's emotions is to not cry to be on the verge of crying and trying to hold yourself back. As an actor, you, you know, you're basically showing that the character is trying to contain themselves and contain their emotions and contain their tears. And that will elicit the emotion out of people as well. So that's one of the reasons why I think stories aren't always the best way to connect with people or communicate information because stories have to be done well. You have to know certain relationships between uh, the person listening to the story the and the story itself as well like i'm just saying about eliciting uh, a crying experience out of someone who's uh, paying attention to your story so the concept is is that uh storytelling is one way to do it because it's got a a unique beginning middle and end absolutely personal experience is a great way to do it because there's a lot of emotions that could come up as well and trying to ask people for their personal experiences with things as well helps them to learn something and communicates that 
and allows you to say, yes, that's a great example of that. Or, uh, okay, that's not exactly what I'm talking about and allows you to go to level two of refinement. So metaphor, examples, personal experience, and common stories. And from there, you've got your basis of a back and forth between you and someone that you're trying to communicate information to. And if they don't understand the first time, that's iteration one. I see people too often lose their cool, they lose their temper because iteration one isn't understood. And that's okay. And that's okay. Iteration two. What about iteration three? What about iteration four? It's got to do with this idea of the the more inefficient your communication is, just like my previous uh, podcast episode, the more inefficient you are, the more you're actually going to be able to dive in and maximize and build up a raw strength of metaphor, build up a raw strength of finding examples that are relevant to your listener, personal experiences that the listener is interested in, or stories that you can relate. And I always like stories when it comes to pop culture as well. So relating personal struggles. One of one of my favorite things that I did recently was I was communicating the idea of a battery. And we were talking about batteries and how people discovered the idea of an anode and a cathode with a medium, electrolyte medium between the two, um, with a frog's leg and two different metals, one of which was used to hold the frog's legs uh, still. And the second... The second thing was used to uh, move the frog leg, but they noticed that the frog leg started moving and they're like, oh, we found a way to actually bring something back to life. But it wasn't true. It was just, you know, the the leg was conducting electricity and they, therefore it's contracted. Um, and this was actually the basis for Mary Shelley's Frankenstein about the reanimation of the dead and the science that was going on at the time. And this story of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and and that actually helped to create a memory and communicate this information of anode, cathode, and electrolyte medium because it was all connected through this this story of how people developed the science at that time. The frog was one example. Frankenstein was one example as well. And when we talk about, um, you know, electricity, you know, being able to communicate the idea of an anode, a cathode, electrolyte medium we can start using metaphors as well and talk about our own personal experiences with, I don't know, batteries and, you know, what we found and how they break down over time because, you know, the the electrolyte medium will actually leak or something like that. So there's a lot to be had with communication. So these are the four things. Just to wrap up now, metaphor, examples, personal experience, common stories, and that would lead you to iteration one, two, and three. So I hope this helps. I hope you gained uh, some insight from this. And I look forward to hearing your responses. What are some examples that you've had of communicating information that maybe don't fall into these that you found very successful? What are some examples of like the best teacher that you've had who's utilized these as well? Or perhaps topics that you still remember today because they had great examples, great metaphors, great personal experience or common stories. Okay, that's it for me. Thank you very much. And like I said, if you enjoyed what you heard, please think about leaving a review or a rating on this podcast on whichever platform you're listening on. Alternatively, feel free to subscribe to the Substack and you can communicate with me. We can also then comment on any of the posts, which allows the community to see this as well. I invite it. I love it. I always engage. I hope you have a great day. And that's all for me. Ciao for now.